Welcome to Jelly Trumpet. Welcome to Jelly Trumpet, making you more creative. Tips, tricks, and ideas for expanding your imagination. What now? Yes, Mr. B. What's that burning? My hard drive. What? Why? I'm playing an online game and toasting crumpets. We're doing a show, Mr. B. I've just got to a good bit in Elite Dangerous. I'm doing a bit of bounty hunting now. I can do two things at once, you know. Three, Mr. B. Eh? One, and let me stress this, is the podcast. Two, you're playing Elite Dangerous. And three, you're making crumpets. Oh, is that Manuka honey? Yes. Okay, carry on. And freshly brewed coffee? Oh, yes, Mr. B. Delightful. Will do. Unless the Elite Dangerous hordes get me. Very well, Mr. B. I'll get the kitchen towel. Moving on. Welcome to Jelly Trumpet, making you more creative tips, tricks and ideas for expanding your imagination. Today, we're going to be talking about... What's that, Mr. B? That's the Star Troopers, Jim. They're not coming here, are they? I mean the... the No, Jim, they only exist on YouTube. I do apologise. Thank you, Mr. B. Today, we're in Hemel Hempstead, Hertfordshire. If you know Hemel, we're overlooking the Jellicoe Water Gardens. Mr. B, what are all those metal boxes lined up symmetrically? Cars, Jim. That's the car park. And that? That's the water gardens. I see. And that? That would appear to be a Viking longboat with a dragon beast on the brow. Marauders? Marauders in Hemel? Surely not. What are they carrying? That would appear to be flat pack furniture. The ruthless bastards. That's Hemel under Dane rule for at least a fortnight. Coming up on Jelly Trumpet! You are your own medicine, an exercise to try at home. Challenge Jim. Silly, silly, silly things. And I'll guess what? Featuring David Officer. Sponsored by Conversion Detectives, the really creative digital marketing agency. Search Conversion Detectives. You are your own medicine. You are your own medicine. Being your own medicine means recording what works for you in a journal. It's self-coaching, really, because only you can make yourself more creative. It's a foundation for everything you learn about your creative world and how you work best. So write down what you're doing to come up with that idea, what puts you in the right frame of mind for creating. Write down what happened after every creative session. Ask yourself questions about how you can improve and stretch your creative mind. So write up a debrief after every project and look for the patterns. It could be something simple like the music you listen to, the people you were with the day before. It could be an emotion. If it's an emotion, what exactly provoked that emotion? Use the emotion, not the provocation. When I was writing sitcoms for competition, I would write out one of my favourite sitcom episodes, literally type it out word for word. I learned so much from that exercise. I learned more than watching. I learned more than reading the script. I then took my characters, and I had the same amount on the script, and transposed them onto the plot of that episode. Oh, it taught me so much. I explained this once uh, to a client. I do creative digital marketing, and he said, ah, so reverse engineering. Yes, it works for a lot of creativity. I'm not sure it would work for a painter or a sculpture, but anyone creating scripts or copy is going to learn a lot. I also remember watching an episode of QI and Stephen Fry was talking about typing out P.G. Woodhouse novels. He said it was for the fun of typing, but I'm not so sure. I think he so admired P.G. Woodhouse, and he wanted to write like him. He's done all right, hasn't he? Yeah. (laughs) So, a takeaway. Think of your favourite artist, writer, film. 
Now, if it's a series, which episode gives you the most joy, which scene excites you or pleases you the most, get the script, copy it. Now, use your creations and transpose them onto that script. You are going to shortcut your creative process. And don't forget to record all this in your medicine journal. Once more, like herpes, you return to the series wondering how to ruin someone's day. Because a human dumpster fire that you are, you're never satisfied until you consume the gas station and a few apartment buildings nearby. That is to say, you provide the good and kind folks in them forums with something to unload their bile on. Who was that? The Yamix. He does walkthroughs of games on YouTube. He's funny. Yeah, he's great. I like the way he's taken a medium like video games and put his own original thought into it. Plus, he's a funny salt. Yeah, he's very funny and very salty. Now, where were we? Hemel. Are the Vikings still here? Looks like they're handing out meatballs and lingonberry sauce. Mmm, yummy. No good will come of it. You're right. The whole of Hemel will be satisfied after a Scandinavian meal and will doze till morning. Meanwhile, the Danes will ransack Holland and Barrett and carry off all their honey. Jim, have another coffee, mate. Thank you, Mr. B. Challenge at home. This episode's challenge for you at home is patterns. So I want to try to gather my thoughts on how creativity works. It is. Finding the pattern and then breaking that pattern, then realising that that in itself is a pattern. Then I had a cup of tea. Much too much thinking then. So where are the patterns in your work? What are they? Write them down. Break this pattern. Now, here's something that works if you're stuck. What would normally follow? That's useful to ask yourself when hung up on trying to be clever and really original, because you can be there for hours. We, as creative types, are afraid of being predictable. So write the predictability out of your medium or your business. Now you have a pattern. Now you can subvert that pattern. Here we go. What is the problem? So try this. Take a piece of paper and make three columns and label them plus, minus, interesting. What are the pluses for this problem? What are the minuses? Everything else of note you put in the interesting column. Now you have your usual patterns. You have an overview. Has it led to a change of perspective? Has it made you think in another direction from another angle? Is the problem and its solutions exhausted? Here's one of the biggest keys I know to writing. You are asking the wrong questions. (laughs) That's a block. Change the questions. Ask someone else to ask you a question. Google it and have a look at what Google suggests. Make the question random. And at the end of this episode, we'll talk about an online tool that might help here. So takeaway, if you're in a rut, change the question. Mr B, I've been scrolling through Facebook and... I wouldn't do that, Jim. Why is that? Well, it's not reality, is it? They're real people. It's an algorithm showing you a pattern of their making, not what people are. Oh, What about the pasta recipes and the videos of penguins hopping downstairs? Which is precisely 8.7% of what you see. You've been gained, mate. Ah, so? Might be an idea to get some fresh air. With the aroma of a good Colombian Americano? Exactly. Creative Heroes. My creative hero in this episode is a little obscure, and they're called Knee High Theatre. Came across them years ago. So I went on a writing retreat for physical theatre. Wasn't even sure what physical theatre was at that stage. 
Well, it's making performance from physical disciplines. So some companies do a lot of stuff that is dance-based, others use circus skills, yet others are mime-focused, if that's a thing that still exists. Knee-high are different. They do theatre from everything. Anyway, in a barn in Devon, it was so dark I thought the moon had been switched off. And there we were, late into the night, doing a lot of improv. We made costumes out of newspaper. We made music from non-instruments and fell in love with devising theatre. Flash forward a number of years and I'm involved with a show they did based on a Hans Christian Andersen story, The Red Shoes. And I did this at the Barn Theatre in Welling Garden City. It's very rare for knee-high to let anyone do their work, so we were quite honoured. So in The Red Shoes, I was a small cog, a storyteller and a butcher. Everyone sang, danced, played a musical instrument. It was such a thrill to be in such a piece. Wonderful people on stage and off stage were involved to make something truly original. The show was directed by Lou Wallace, a drama teacher by day, a theatre director extraordinaire at all other times. And I took my daughter to see the show, and she said three things about it. Number one, it was awesome. Number two, it was better than Cats. And number three, it was like being in a film. When you create theatre that brings a 16-year-old into the piece, you've created something very special. So if you ever get a chance to see Knee High, go... Go, go and immerse yourself in something akin to a gig clown theatre rave world. If you could be any animal at all, what would you be? I'd be an eagle owl, Jim. An eagle owl called Emile. I see. And, and would you speak French? Mais oui. Would you be ferocious? Bien sûr. And have massive talents. For perching on the heads of people who promote prejudice, perhaps. Oui. And what would you say to these prejudiced people? Arrête ça, idiot. I'll get you some feathers. Thank you, Jim. And a cape for your off-duty hours. Like a superhero eagle owl. Exactly. When do I start? Tuesday. Guest spot. On this episode of Jelly Trumpet, we have Dave Officer from Doodle Juice. He's a graphic designer and illustrator. So, um, what are you what are you currently doing? What are you currently working on? Oh, um, all manner of things. Um, I have projects on from illustration work. I'm doing some web design. There's logos in the pipeline. Doing some branding, sort of like visual identity for people. Um, and I am currently starting to build up uh, my own YouTube channel as well, which is. Um, I need to pare back my ideas for that. Right. Because <laughs> I'm having ideas that are long-winded and taking a lot of time to put together. So um, I need to calm that down in order to, you know, be able to still work and stuff. But uh, yeah, so loads on and all is good. You do quite a lot of stuff on LinkedIn, don't you, with some success, where you show, I like the speeded up animations of you creating a, a design. Has that, yeah, that that's, that's been quite thing. successful for you? It has actually, yeah. Um, so all I do with those is record my screen. And some of these things take, you know, quite a few hours to put together. Mm. So I would never expect anybody to sit and watch that in real time. So they're all sped up. Yeah. And I try and put some punchy music behind them. So they're quite, you know, so they're interesting. But um, yeah, I've been doing them for a little while. And um, they don't often on LinkedIn have, really much of a point to them other than I thought it was a funny idea or yeah, yeah, yeah. um so I try not to put too much thought into that kind of stuff so um but anytime I put one of those videos out I tend to get work off the back of them because yeah. they will 
spark um they will spark ideas in other people's heads that they didn't i, I quite often get messages from people that go you've just given me the you, yeah i woke up this morning not knowing that i needed this but i've just seen your video it sparked an idea and now i want to do this and the interesting thing about the kind of content that i watch um especially on things like youtube i watch other creatives whether they're artists or musicians or whatever they are just you know sitting doing their thing and purely by that that gives me an absolute ton of ideas and I like the fact that me kind of doing the same is sort of sparking the same sort of thing yeah. with other people. Oh, yeah, someone had asked me to do their LinkedIn banner for them. Yeah. Um, and she didn't have an idea what she wanted. She's just like, I just, just do something, Dave. I trust you. Um, and her profile picture was quite cool. So I said, well, I'd, I'd like your profile picture, but I want to kind of caricature it a little bit and give you a, a, a blown up head on your tiny body and a slightly bigger, you know, slightly larger feature. So if you're okay with me mucking around with your face... Um, we'll do that and she went okay I trust you it's fine <laughs> so I kind of filmed that process um, and then had a few inbox messages of people going I did not know I needed a massive head but I do can you please do me one that's nice you're putting out lots of stuff and getting inspira inspiration to other people and it's bringing in business as well I mean that's a win-win for everyone surely it is a win-win yeah the, the best thing about the thing I've enjoyed most about LinkedIn is it's kind of it is a complete win-win for me because mm. the kind of stuff that I would be doing in my downtime, because I'm a little obsessed with what I do, so I do it a lot. I'd be doing some a lot of this stuff anyway, but if I just film it and put it together in a certain kind of way and then stick it out, what I would be doing for my own sort of creative outlet in my own time, I can use to get me work, which is just brilliant. It, it yeah. is a complete win-win, yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. What's the proudest you've ever been of one of your ideas? don't that's a tricky one you know because um i'm proud in fleeting moments because i will i will be proud of something when i've done it but that will disappear in moments right like 30 yeah. minutes later i won't like it anymore which is why i just said things the second i'm happy with something go go yeah i'm also very odd in the sense that i i'm always really cautious about sounding like someone who is arrogant or like i never take the work that comes my way for granted. I never take a compliment for granted. I never take the skills that I've built up over time for granted. So I don't I don't think pride is something I tend to feel. Right. Weird. And I'm saying it sounds a little sad. But, um, yeah, that's you. I mean, that's yeah. fair. Um, I'm proud when uh, work is delivered and the person that I am working for is absolutely elated with what they've done i'm proud of the experience they've had more than the work itself there was one um i i designed a logo for somebody and they the nice thing about that is depending on what's um, what stage of a business people are at sometimes they'll get a really cheap one done to begin with you know because they don't have much money at the beginning and that's absolutely fine there's a market for that and then they'll wait till they're established a little bit and then they can spend a bit more money on it when they realize actually it's quite important um or people do it right at the beginning properly but it can be that thing that makes everything real as soon as you have this this sort of visual stamp on this brand of yours it can mm. kind of make everything seem oh god this is actually happening i had one of those moments with the client last year and i'd, I'd sent her the ideas and she jumped on the phone with me in tears Brilliant. and 
happy tears. Happy tears. <laughs> not, not the bad kind of tears. But she was just she was just overcome with emotion when yeah. she saw something and it immediately hit her as that is absolutely perfect for what I, it's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. And now I can take this and start my business. And that that kicked off a whole load of emotions with her that yeah. just poured out. Yeah. Um jumped on the phone immediately just to say thank you thank you thank you that was sort of like oh god I'm, I'm actually even though i'm just pushing pixels around the screen it can make a real difference to what people are, are doing so yeah I, th- I suppose in terms of pride that's probably moments like that yeah wow, that's rather magical what's the earliest memory you have of doing something that was creative uh, my earliest memory, and I think I was around seven-ish. This was my parents started buying me comic books, so <laughs> not the types of Marvel, Marvel and DC. This is sort of pre that, so really kiddish, cartoony yeah. comic books. And I'd started trying to draw them, and I was terrible, but I really enjoyed it. So I was just, I was just doodling and doodling and doodling, and I just kept it up for ages and ages and ages. And I, I was drawing. It was like a cartoon pig. And I was just literally just copying what I was seeing on this comic book. And everything before that had been trash. And I kind of knew it was. Yeah. You know, I wasn't throwing rubbish and going, oh, this is good. I knew it was bad, but I still enjoyed doing it. Enjoyed it, yeah. yeah. And there was one day I drew this pig and, and I did it and I stopped and I looked at it and I went, oh, that's actually all right. I think that's the first good one. This is the first one I'm kind of pleased yeah. with. And it was something that kind of clicked in my head. And I went, I think I might have actually just nailed this. Now, no, I, I wasn't arrogant enough to think that I'd completely yeah. nailed how to draw, but I knew I'd got over the point of not understanding how general proportions worked and how to make something that I'd seen translate onto my own piece of paper. It still wasn't amazing, obviously, but it's something had just clicked. I kind of understood how to put things together. And from that point, there was no kind of no kind of no stopping stop it. No stopping you. Illustrator extraordinaire. How often do you get a eureka moment, or is everything that you do a matter of graft? No, it's no, it's not. I'd say there's a there's a noise I make when the eureka moment comes, and it's but I think it's just a, like a sharp inhale of breath. <gasps> you know, I do get I probably have a good one a week where oh. that happens. Yeah, uh, where I'm like, oh god, you know when you surprise yourself, you're like, yeah, Geez, yeah. that is happening. They're gonna think they're gonna. They're going to think I'm something special if I throw that out. It's a good idea. Um, but I probably, um, I'm a big fan of self-deprecation, Jim, so I'm not, <laughs> I never blow my own trumpet. But I think I have one one idea a week that where I impress myself. I'm like, oh, geez, that's good, Dave. Have a rest, man. Have a, have a little drink and a lie down. That's a good one. Um, the rest is just, you know, sketch, 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 sketch. See what you can think of. See, what, Especially when it comes to logo design. You have to really really throw tons and tons of ideas out before you come at a good one sometimes i'll get it straight away i've had a handful of occasions where because i normally when i'm designing logos i'll design i'll I'll put three ideas together to show the client because any more than that is just overwhelming and i sketch loads to get to those three but there's been a handful of occasions where i've come up with an idea and i'm so convinced it's the right one that i don't show them anything else (laughs) um or I show them two that are absolutely terrible, so they'll definitely go with the, one, the better one. Right. Um, uh, but more often than not, I've got to sketch out about 50 little ideas. Really? Before. And is that? That's wow. Yeah. That must be quite a, uh, you know, take up a lot of your time. It does. It does. But it's uh, worth it 
get it down to you know what it needs to be yeah i think with that with the visual arts the visual stuff that you're doing so what's the best thing someone has said to you that kept you going when it was a bit of a struggle weirdly enough i had this sim chat with somebody recently actually when i was still working full-time for somebody else doing something completely different than this something that i'd really fallen out of love with didn't like it knew that i wanted to get my own thing going but didn't quite have the confidence to just go and get it moving. I became obsessed with just reading. So I was, uh, I'd signed up to every blog imaginable. I was reading books. And I was listening to endless podcasts, watching endless YouTube videos on how to build your own freelance career and, you know, as a designer or whatever. And um, I was just consuming so much information, but doing nothing about it. There was never an end goal either. There was never, you know, I'm going to read up as much as I can for the next month and then I'll move. It was just keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. And at some point, you know, at some point I'll know everything and then I can go, which is obviously ridiculous. (laughs) But the best thing someone said to me that got me out of that, it was one of the blogs I was uh, subscribed to. I was reading it and I'd been following it for ages, maybe even like a couple of years. It was the most uninspiring article I'd read in a very, very long time. It, it, It told me nothing new. It just sounded like drivel, just the same old regurgitated nonsense over and over again. And I got to the end of it and I felt really deflated as in like, oh God, just wasted 10 minutes on that and I've learned nothing. That sort of, that deflation in a matter of moments turned to elation when I realized I've probably read enough now and I don't need to read anymore. I can just yeah. go. It wasn't necessarily something someone said to me. It was reading something really uninspiring. Yeah. Inspiring. <laughs> That's a really interesting take on it. If a 10-year-old asked you, what one thing would make me more creative, what would you reply? Ooh. Um, if it was a 10-year-old, I would probably say, I'm not a parent, so I don't know how good this information would be. I'd probably say, whatever the hell it is you want to do, just just do it. Just try it. Right. So... You know, I don't know if that could be misconstrued by a 10-year-old and they go and jump off a wall. <laughs> but um, in no, other words... Specifically about creativity. So yeah, exactly, they're yeah. not going to go jump off a wall to be more creative, are they? Because, you know, yeah. that's that's a one-off process. <laughs> yeah, so I'd say if you if you have an idea or something piques your interest, just, yeah. just do it. And, it. and if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. you just got to try these things. And if you fight, figure out you don't like it or you weren't any good at it, then it's fine. Move on to the next thing. Try as many things as you can. Every little thing that interests you, just run with it. I like that. As a parent, I like that as well. <laughs> so how can a, a listener get in touch with you? So there are there are many ways via the worldwide interwebs. LinkedIn is obviously a place I hang out a lot. I'm on there as Dave Officer. And my website is doodlejuice.co.uk. Um, you can message me through there or directly on the old emails, which is just hello at doodlejuice.co.uk. Um, I'm on YouTube as doodlejuice and Instagram as doodlejuice. Um, yeah, doodlejuice, just doodlejuice. Just find me. It's just a great name. Oh, right. Right, Dave Officer from uh, Doodlejuice, graphic designer and illustrator extraordinaire. Thank you very much for your time. You're very welcome, Jim. And now... What are you doing, Jim? I was having a silent laugh. What about? 
Richard Iowardy. Any particular reason? Not really. He just came into my mind sitting here saying nothing, just observing. That would be good. Or Craig Charles. What would they make of this podcast, do you think? Well... Would they laugh? Well... Would they buy us a drink? Well... Invite us out to meet famous people? We don't do this for fame, Jim. Oh, that's right, Mr B. We do this for... Fun. Challenge Jim! In this episode's Challenge Jim, you'll like this one. We yeah, want right. a short poem. Poem? Ab- yes, a short poem about the most excited you have ever been. And you have one minute starting now. Well, I'll have to think about that. Let's think. We've got one minute. Most, I've got, oh. Right. 55 uh, seconds. Butterflies and Goliath attempt my breath. It's not really exciting, is it? Yeah, hold on. Heart strung like a fence. A moment of stillness. Then the rhino came. His name was Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. So good, they named him thrice. 25 seconds. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey snorted something bad. I'm not feeling the excitement, Jim. Jeffrey went into manic breakdown. His heart a flutter, his breath all strong. I felt my knees buckle like a tree in a storm. And that is the first time I was ever in an adult bookshop. Hot Topic! Years ago, I wrote with a friend who I met at a performing workshop in Barnet. And we improvised together in that workshop and we were totally in simpatico. So we decided to write some TV sketches together. Or he'd write his and I wrote mine. Then we'd meet up and critique one another's work. And it went well for some time. I loved this guy. He was an extremely talented actor, as well as being a teacher, a dad and a husband. And we'd choose sketch ideas with a penguin. So what we'd do is we'd lay out pieces of paper with the ideas on and then throw a small toy penguin amongst them piece of paper nearest where the beak landed was the one we would work on. And one day, I had to stop working with him. Our work was diverging. I wanted to keep my surreal spinning of words, ideas and images for myself. A selfish act. I did it again shortly after that. Someone was starting a group to write sitcoms. I walked into the pub and I froze. I thought I was just shy, but later when I was waiting at the train station, I thought, yeah, it's partly not having confidence in my ability, but more than that, it was not wanting to water down what I create. I so desperately wanted people to pick up my work, read it and note, that's just Jim's writing. What can I say? I'm vain and I don't want to compromise my writing. Brothers and sisters, amen. Go ahead, caller. It's Mr Trout, everyone. Nice to hear from you again, Mr. Trout. I wanted to ask you about the use of creativity in any walk of life. I see. Should we be teaching creativity as a subject in school? Go on. Thank you, Mr. Trout. He's a bit old school. Lovely fella. Wears a trilby at all times, even in bed, or when he's presenting on Radio 4. I know him. He has a fish stall in Watford Market as well. That's the fella. Now, where were we? List of the week! 
Now, you can't beat a great list. I think this one is from the IMDB, and it's 10 movies with a twist. At number one, The Usual Suspects. Loved it. Something unworldly in the subtext. Number two, Donnie Darko. Loved the music. No idea what was going on. Number three, Chinatown. An oldie, but a goodie. Is it still shocking? Hmm. Number four, Fight Club. Up its own... Well, we won't go there. Uh, number five, Black Swan. Um, seriously disliked everyone in that movie. Number six, The Prestige. Another one that just plain annoyed me. And uh, Number seven, The Wicker Man. The original one. Utterly superb. Number eight, The Village. Saw that coming a mile off. Neat idea, though. And uh, number nine, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Wonderfully offbeat. And then at number 10, Planet of the Apes, the original. Did not see that coming. Ah, there are so many more. So build your own list. Is there a pattern? Can you break that pattern? Further thinking spot. Answer the public. This is a website, a tool. It's really for digital marketeers. So you type in a phrase and it comes back with different types of questions. You can get a lot of ideas from the free version. It does also return a lot of rubbish, but you can just wade through that. The first thing it does is return a visualisation, which is like a wheel of questions. You might get some questions that set you off in another direction. You can also download a file and go down a list, picking out the interesting ideas. It is valuable, but useful to give you a jolt from another direction. So that's answerthepublic.com. Join us in further episodes and be more creative. Pick up tips and tricks you can put into play instantly. Try exercises to boost your imagination. Listen to creative guests and a whole lot of what we call fun. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or ideas for Jelly Trumpet, email us. Jelly at jellytrumpet.com That was Jelly Trumpet, making you more creative with Jim Kinlock and Mr B. Sponsored by Conversion Detectives, the really creative digital marketing agency. Search Conversion Detectives. Now, here's Mr. B playing us, Lifeless Angels by We Paint Houses, a melodic rock band. Find them on Facetube and on Bandcamp. Can't be the one that's 
Mr. B? Yes, Mr. Jim. If I was a movie with a twist, which movie would I be? Mm, Madagascar 3. What? Why? There's no twist in Madagascar 3. Well, they're talking animals, Jim. I didn't see that coming and... And? And you're a bit like Alex the Lion and... And? Your life is a cartoon. Roar! <laughs>